Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on Rory's FedEx Cup victory, plus we'll hear from two-time major winner Marco Mira. Welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and after quite a heavy bank holiday weekend, I'm also joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing? Hi Tom, I'm very good, thanks. Made it sound like you'd had a very heavy weekend there, but actually I'm the one who had a very heavy weekend. Uh, yeah, I only think I drank about three pints this weekend. Yeah. It's probably what you did in about an hour I during one point. Yes, I drank a lot more than that, mainly because of the cricket on Sunday, but... Um, yeah, good weekend. You play golf. Lovely weekend. Nice to have three days off. I did play golf on Saturday in the thirty odd degree heat. And come on, how did you do? Uh, I shot level par. So you choked again. Well, I parred the last ten holes, so that's not. You're ten pars really in choking. a row. That's quite good. Yeah. To be fair, I did nearly choke because I hooked my second shot into eighteen par five, which was going miles out of bounds, and it. Bounce back in bounds. Oh, that's good. So you had that bit of luck. So you thought, I'll get up and down here for birdie to break par, and you, you yeah. can do it. But I only had two bogeys, which may be my best ever. But honestly, I'm still not playing well. I'm just keeping it in play. So I feel like one day I'm going to shoot like three or four under. If you, yeah, just you stop looking at the scoreboard yet. Because that was the advice I was trying to give you last week. Yeah, uh, no. No, um, so you knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, no, of course you do. My only goal is to shoot under par, which I'm continually failing. Sure, at. I think you should. Your goal should be to shoot five under par. That's a good point. And then if you try and do that, then there's a chance that you'll shoot under par. I think. Yeah, a bit, uh, a bit of golf psychology there from someone who's got no nothing to do with golf psychology at all good weekend though I watched Anthony Yard's boxing match which was good uh, unfortunately lost he's I an have Arsenal. no idea who that is you don't know Anthony Yard no uh, he's a light heavyweight went out to Russia Chelyabinsk and fought uh, Sergei Kovalev got knocked out with a jab in like the 10th round because he was so tired that was good uh, and that was just after Arsenal who I support lost to Liverpool and who I support Whee. Anthony Yard's an Arsenal fan so it could have been very oh, good for me, like. but it was a very uh, bad Saturday evening. But at least England won the cricket, eh? And Did they? Yeah, oh, come on. Anyway, let's not talk about cricket because there was also someone else who won a lot, and that was Roy McElroy, who um, won his second FedEx Cup, beating Xander Schofield by four in the Tour Championship at East Lake, uh, to win something around the $15 million mark, which is obviously a lot of money. Um, it was his 17th PJ Tour title. Uh, Justin Thomas was third, Kupka was fourth, Casey was fifth. So yeah, McIlroy won the $15 million bonus to take his season winnings to just shy of $25 million, $24.3 million. Uh, he shot 66 in the final round with birdies on 17 and 18. And he's now back up to second in the world. Uh, not a bad, not a bad weekend for Rory. Yeah, brilliant. He's starting to look... Like he remembers how he used to play golf, if you know what I mean. He's so start- are you being positive on Roy this week? Because you're, course, you're either yeah. positive or negative on him, aren't you? If we look at his season, which I've got here, he's had three wins, including the Tour, tour Championship and the players. 
14 top 10s in 19 starts. Let me say that again. 14 top 10s in 19 starts. First in strokes gain total off the TNT screen. First in scoring average. Two top 10s in the majors. He's had a hell of a year. Really good, yeah. Yeah, so he's starting to look like he could be dominant again. And when you think back to 12 months ago or... 10 months ago, whatever, he was 8th in the world. Last year, I think he went down to like 12th or 11th at one point. And now we've had Justin Rose, we've had Kepka, we've had Justin Thomas, Spieth, all these kind of players reached number one since he got it. And he's starting to overtake them all again. Now you you would say that Kepka and Macro are the two best players in the world. Which um, I think they're, they're clearly at the moment. If you look at the other guys around them, Dustin Johnson had a shocking weekend. 10 over par would yeah. have finished absolutely dead. He did finish last, but would have finished dead, dead last had it not been for the, uh, for the way that they calculated the, the leaderboard at the start. Um, and obviously DJ's had a change of things. He's got rid of his coach and stuff like that. So his game seems to be... He, uh, he looks like he needs a rest and... Hopefully he's going to try and work out what's going on over the winter. Justin Rose, still his game is not on point at all. He'd be quite disappointed, shot over par. Um, you know, he obviously won the Tour Championship last year, let's not forget. He wasn't even the top Englishman. He won the FedEx Cup last year, not the Tour Championship. Sorry, yes, he won the FedEx Cup last year. Finished, well, but he finished, what did he finish? Top second or third? I can't in remember. The, yeah, he was, he, was, he, was, he was up there. He was up there. He obviously did well last year. Yeah, Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship, of course he did. But yeah, McElroy's looking great. Obviously, those stats, first in strokes gained total, first in strokes gained off the tee, first in strokes gained tee to green for the entire season, and first in scoring average as well. His approach or something like that is about 12th. His putting's like 25th, which is, I think, the best it's ever been on the PJ Tour. So he's starting to really pick it up. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the big thing hanging over him is that he didn't win a major, and people say, oh, he hasn't won a major, he hasn't won a major. And obviously, that is a big thing. Um, but he still had a hell of a year. I mean, missing the cut at the Open could be actually one of the things that he's most fondly now remembered for because of his interview afterwards, how much it looked like he cared for, um, how much he was gutted about it, how much he enjoyed playing golf in Ireland and, and, and headlining the, the Open in Northern Ireland. Um, and maybe with a little bit of pressure off him, he just went out and showed the guys how to do it uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I think this will do a lot for him next year as well. And he's playing this week. Yeah. We've got, we'll come on to uh, the, what's happening this week, but on the European tour, he's, he's straight back on it. So, uh, of course, he's played that very well in the past. So, um, brilliant. And it was good, you know, with the they, they mucked around with how the, the tour championship was going to look this year. Justin Thomas, who won last year, uh, last week, sorry, uh, had, had started off in the lead at 10 under and didn't have a very good week. He only shot three under to finish at 13 under par um, which was good enough to finish third and win an awful lot of money with actually having a pretty average week uh, but it was at least good to see that the player who played actually the best for the week actually took the win uh, and it was quite good that it was McElroy and Cook uh, at the end you know the guys that we thought were should actually be competing for it were the guys who were um, on, on Sunday. So that worked out, but I don't think the scoring actually helped really that much, did it? No, like look at DJ. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
It, and yeah, I just I got very annoyed by it. I just continued to get annoyed by it. I mean, Casey had a very good week, finished fifth. He would have finished higher than that. He would have finished third, I think, wouldn't he? Have I made that up? Uh, yeah, he would have finished above JT. Surely, yeah, exactly. So you know, that's you know, he, he, he's a, he was about where he should have finished, but. I just don't think... I mean, Justin's had a, an average week and won loads of money. I've got to moan about Paul Casey, though. I think he started the first round one behind and he shot three over for the front nine or something. The and, final round? Yeah. And, like, he's such a great golfer. He's one of England's best golfers for the last two decades. And England have had some really good players. Actually, just... Why isn't he fulfilling his potential? Well, I mean, everyone... I Look, he was finished, he's finished fifth there. He's, I don't think he could have done much better than that, really. He was never going to win it from where he was. He, he could have done. I, th- I think he, he could have easily finished second. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's about as well, you know we're we're being picky here. I think. Uh, I think he actually had a very good week. And I don't know if you saw him. Uh, his um, his the issue he had with his caddy on the 18th. I don't know what round it was. Is it the second round or third? I think round? The second, yeah. Where, where the caddy really managed to give him the wrong club. And they couldn't work out how he'd managed to hit it over the green. And they were actually very uh, jolly about it all. I mean, he could have um, been quite annoyed about that, couldn't he? Yeah, some players may have been. But, um, sorry, back to Casey. If he's up there in a major... We're talking about Casey, but do carry on. Back to me moaning about Casey. I love Paul Casey, one of my favourite players. I know I say that about everyone. But if he's up there in a major and he messes it up, you're not surprised, are you? When we should be surprised because he's such a great player. Yeah, he could have had a much better. Yeah, if we're looking back on the PJ Tour, if he'd um, managed to win at Pebble Beach early when Mickelson won, I think that really could have turned his season around. He did win though, didn't he this year? Won the Valspar again. Yeah, yeah, so he had a good, he had a good year really. But he could have had a really, really exceptional year, couldn't he? I think that's the. He doesn't quite seem to be able to... You know, we're talking about those guys like Rory and Cook and all those guys, the top fives in the world. Casey's not been up that standard for quite a long time now. Uh, but he could still do it, and hopefully he will continue that into the end of this year. We keep, we keep on talking about the like the goals finished for the year. It's not even September. All because the PJ Tours season's wrapped up. It doesn't really... Uh, mean that golf's finished at all the European Tour have got a fantastic now run of events we should see some really strong fields so really excited about that so what I want to ask you is should Kepka be named player of the year by the PJ Tour or should it be Roy McIlroy so the players themselves vote for this mm-hmm. and I think it's swung a little bit now obviously that they think McIlroy might get it Although it's, it's very very close isn't it I mean look at Kepka. he's a hell of a player Won another major this year. Uh, did he win one? Did he only win one? Yeah, he won the PGA. <laughs> he usually wins more, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> I mean, he won another major. He had other successes as well. A hell of a season. Roy, I think Roy just gets it for me, even though he didn't win the major, because he won the top. If you look at the events that he won, he actually won probably the two biggest non-major events on the PJ Tour schedule. Is that fair in saying that? So the players and the tour championship, possibly, yeah. So they're pretty much they're going to be up there, aren't they? So and to be the to be named, you know, to win the the, the final thing, the thing that they're playing for all season, that's got to count for something, hasn't it? I mean, he has been the best player this year. When you look at well, those stats, go. his score on average yeah. was the best. But then, 
But, if it, that, but there's one he thing didn't which, win a major. He, yeah, there's one thing which is he, which stands out. He didn't win a major, but I think there's plenty of good, there's plenty of good players who haven't won majors who still have had incredible seasons. When did when did Tiger come back? Was it 2013 or 2014? Yeah. When Tiger won six times in the season. He won five times in 13. Yeah, and and he he didn't win a major that year, but he was the best player that year. By, by a long way and then of course his back fell off again so um, yeah I think the, the, it'll be close I don't know when they I don't know if that vote's already taken place or does it only take place this week do we know I think it'll be taking place from now and the announcement will be in so the it's next like when they play, do they, they do the player of the year for the for the Premier League in England and they do the voting in like February which is a bit odd isn't it yeah two, weeks, two months before the start the end of the season so um, they both had fantastic league. that's it and it's great to see the world rankings what does the world rankings say Kupka is number one and Rory is number two and I think we all completely agree with that and we are very hopeful that we'll see loads more duels between the two because you know they both play golf in in a way that I think is quite watchable they don't muck about too much they both hit the ball a long way they both make birdies and eagles they also can make odd mistakes as well um, and I think it's, it's exciting they make golf exciting to watch unlike some people so um, yeah I think mm. that, uh, the longer those two are at the top of the game the, the better also you know it's nice having a, you know, a European and an American up there as well I think that's always good isn't it yeah Rory fended off three Americans didn't need to win another thing though I would like to praise Eastlake that is one of my favourite golf courses there's so many amazing holes they're all memorable probably my favourite one is the eighth with the water left mm-hmm. I just think that's such a great hole. Like, I, I think they, they 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 get the setup really well there because they get. We said it last week's podcast. It, the winner usually gets about twelve under, shoots twelve under par for the tournament. I think Rory shot thirteen under par, and it just always seems to be around that same to- total. They know exactly how to set the course up to make it exciting, but not too easy, which is exactly what we want. We want scores around that winning tournaments. We don't worry about that, do we? That's good. It's much better than twenty. 728 under so he was one back entering the final round shot four under and one by four that's perfect isn't it great test of golf Kepka who was all over the place was making bogeys and rightly so and I just love the course like it just brings back so many memories having you know grown up watching the PGA Tour Growing up, um, yeah, just shows how young some, you are. Growing up watching the FedEx Cup, oh, yeah. yeah, but just some great holes. Yeah, I love no, it. It's, it's good. I, I mean, they did, there was there was one huge issue with East Lake, which was the was the shocking uh, scenes of the lightning strikes on Saturday evening or whatever it was, where those people were injured. That and that was pretty horrific, wasn't it? And when uh, hopefully everybody's all right from 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 all of that, but it does show when we get annoyed on a Sunday evening when we try and sit down and watch some golf, and then there's a weather delay and they've cleared the course, and we go, "Oh, is this a bit?" Overkill? No, well, no, it's not at all. It's, it, you know, it could have been obviously a really dangerous situation, um, and they do seem to have some just huge storms where there's a golf tournament going on. So um, hopefully every, everyone was all right there, and uh, they got everyone sorted. But uh, yeah, that was pretty scary to watch, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, very bright lightning, wasn't it, on that slow, <laughs> very bright, lightning. that slow motion, like the whole tree was on fire. Well, it might have been. So. Um, very bright lightning, yes. I didn't realise you were a weatherman. Um, Golf courses are dangerous places to be in the lightning, aren't they? Well, yes. Yes, you, especially if you're holding metal sticks. So, um, yeah, it's been a good 
good year, I think, on PJ Tour. I'm don't, I don't, I still don't agree with how they ran the Tour Championship. I don't think they've sent. It's just showed that actually, they you don't need to muck about with the score scoreboard. Just keep it how it is because I think the only way. Only one thing was going to happen, and that was that Justin Thomas was just going to run away with it. And in the end, they got lucky that he didn't have a very good week, and it made him much more excited, didn't it? Yeah. Um, they could maybe stagger the start even more, though, which I know is not what you would like. But if you're miles ahead, maybe you should get an eight-shot lead. But then that makes it boring for fans, I, I guess. I mean, that, that would just what, just be a waste of time. Just a waste of time even watching it. And it just showed that at the end of the end end of the season, the top two players who we think are the top two players were at the top. They were fighting it out, weren't they? Yeah, but they would have been anyway. Exactly, that's exactly so, my point. Yeah. they would have been anyway. So let's let them do it then. Yeah. Why why muck about with it any, anyway? Else? But you need to. I don't. Be, I, I don't think Justin Thomas could believe that he was that far ahead going into that. He goes, I've only won once. Only won once last week, and I'm suddenly. Miles clear. Where's Kupka? I'm three clear. To, I'm five clear. Rory, <laughs> hang on a minute. He probably couldn't, couldn't believe it. It probably didn't actually help his game this week. But I think next year, PJ Tour, if you're listening, give a major winner a guaranteed spot in the Tour Championship. It's just not right without Lowry and Woods not there. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. But they got. I think they've got to work out there what's going on with the playoffs. And I said I still think that if they're going to do the playoffs, they should do it as a, run it as a separate entity at the end of the season. Have the end of the PJ Tour season. If you're in the top one, two, two, five, then you get into the playoffs, and it's just a blank thing from there. It's just you know three or four weeks of 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 kind of golf at the end of the year, where there's loads of money up for grabs, but it doesn't go towards a oh you're the best player of the year. What about the top thirty? Have them playing all three weeks. Well, I think that would be really boring. Because I like seeing some other players other than the top 30 in the world. Because let's face it, you were moaning about who was in that field when we were talking about it last week. You know, do you want to see Ches Reeve play every week? That's fine. He's had a good season, but I don't think he should just, you know. Oh, how did Jason Kokrak get on? He didn't, him, didn't do he? great. He did all right. I told you. Well, that, that, sorry, that's... <laughs> Ches Reeve, who I also said, actually did, he did well. Everything's top 10, didn't he? So, yeah, it's... I think they need to have a good look at it, but they should watch the European Tours finals later this year and just copy that basically because that'll be a good finish. And whoever wins will deserve to win. Yes, that's that is that is rightly true. so. Um, so and well, the 2020 PJ Tour season starts in a couple of weeks, strangely, on September the 12th uh, with the Greenbrier. Uh, was it the military tribute to Greenbrier? I think Greenbrier, so, yeah. something along those lines. Um, so that's very odd. So if, that, if that's the same next year, the 2020, 2021 PJ Tour season will have started before the Ryder Cup. That's very odd, isn't it? Yeah. That's too early. But never mind. We also had the Olympics and all that, don't we? So there was another event last week, uh, the Scandinavian Invitation, which was taking place on the European Tour. And there's some a very popular one, Eric Van Rooyen. Uh, won his maiden European Tour title. He shot 64 to beat Matthew Fitzpatrick by one after he birdied the last. Van Rooyen now moves up to 61st in the world. Henrik Stenson was third with Dean Burmester. With, uh, Stenson also made a hole-in-one during the final round. Um, decent. Van Rooyen, very popular guy, mainly because he wears those silly trousers where you can see his ankles. Uh, but he's been playing really solid golf, hasn't he? 
and he's one of those guys who deserves a tour win um, and yeah he did really well didn't he yeah he looks to be like the next up and coming <clears throat> South African sorry about my voice so yeah he's, he's 29 so he's not like really young but he's clearly reaching his peak now he's finished second twice this season already great striker of the ball and he's been up there at the Open the last couple of years as well yeah seems a lovely chap because I remember he did um, the European Tools 14 Club Challenge and uh, his personality came across really well yeah. there and he, he plays golf again he plays pretty plays in a reasonably good a reasonably good pace and you know he's an exciting player to watch he needs to sort out his trousers though oh you know he's a character I don't think there's anything wrong with a few characters and, and you know maybe his character comes out in the way that he dresses and his fashion um but I think he's very popular, and uh, yeah, I think it's really good. He's kind of golfers that we want to be seen, be seen doing well, and um, yeah, and it's good that he gets a he gets a, a, a maiden European Tour title, and I would think that he's he's he could get another one this year. He'll get one another one in the future. I have no doubt. I really like the course. Actually, I thought it was brilliant. Great viewing on telly. I think. The event obviously had a lot taken out of it when Nordea pulled out, but it was probably one of the best Nordea, no, what is it called? Scandinavian invitations I've seen in a while with Stenson up there. Yeah. Um, Van Rooyen and, and it was not, I think the best thing about it is well, it was nice to have some golf on during the day. Um, we seem to have been missing out. out. There's been such a uh, concentration on the PJ Tour and in America in the last, well, since the Open. Uh, that actually it was nice to have just a you know a U- nice European tour event before the tour championship in the evening, and we're going to have lots more of that coming up I think over the next month or so. Um, there was another big headline. This is something you know you're going to be very excited about, isn't it? That Victor Hovland beep 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 beep, beep earned his PJ Tour card with a tied second uh, on the uh, what's it called now? What's the Corn Ferry Tour. The Corn Ferry Cup. Tour, which used to be called the Web.com Tour, um, and yeah, he's in. He's got his card. Can you believe it? I can believe it. He's a brilliant golfer. He's only 21, and I think with a full PJ Tour season ahead of him, he should also join the European Tour, which starts in September, and qualify for the Ryder Cup team next year. Yeah, you're very. He hasn't missed a cut in like eight starts as a pro. You're very excited about that. I, I, I mean, it's always. I think it's going to be hard for him to make the Ryder Cup next year. I mean, yeah, if he because he won't have all the invites for all the big events, he's going to have to have a big, big early performance, isn't he? But you know, he's got a chance now, hasn't he? He'll probably get some invites. Yeah, but it's, it's he, he, no, he will get invites absolutely. But it's getting onto the WGCs and the majors. That's where you get your big points. You know, get a couple of top tens in that, and suddenly you you're you get a lot of, lot of points, don't you? So. Um, if he keeps his form up, which will be very difficult, obviously, but if he does keep it up, I think he'll make the team. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. Um, also look- from the Albertsons Boys Open, those who were listening last week, Steve Wheatcroft missed the cut. So um, he will need a very big week at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship this week or retirement will be on the cards for yes. the 41-year-old who went 100 grand this year. Doesn't pay the bills. Well, I know, yes, but he's... yes. I mean, good, I mean, if he's missing cuts in that, then you know maybe it's time he went and sold some photocopiers somewhere or something. But you know, good luck to him. Yeah, there's plenty of other people you haven't mentioned on that who will be in exactly the same situation. So, yeah, agreed. But someone who won't be, 
and someone that we chatted to recently is two-time major winner Mark Amira and um, we interviewed him recently and we asked him lots of different questions about and including now this is an interesting one who's going to win more majors Roy McIlroy or Brooks Koepka so uh, here's a bit of chat with Mark Amira that we had recently so let's start with the big one shall we who's the greatest player to ever play the game in your opinion well I mean you'd have to you'd have to say Jack I mean just because he's got the 18 major championships and look I grew up idolizing Jack Nicholas. Um, if you go purely off major championship wins you know you got to put him pretty much at the top of the list but like I said in my David Faraday interview when I did that with the Golf Channel uh, I said you know to me the greatest player of golf that I've ever seen is Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Just because I think he's done stuff that nobody I've ever seen do before. Um, and, you know, players of every generation improve, and I think quality and depth of fields have improved. But I just believe that I'd never seen anybody play golf like Tiger Woods, so I'd have to put him actual raw talent as the most talented, best mm. player I've ever seen. Speaking of Tiger, do you think he'll win another major? It's crazy. I get to ask that all about that. Um, You know, people always are under the pretense that, you know, no one really ever knows. You know, for a long time, we all thought that it was definitely going to be possible that he was going to catch Jack's record of 18 major championships. But in saying that, you know, when he had the setbacks, you know, with the injuries and the personal issues, um, people began to wonder, including myself. But I also know that with Tiger Woods, Whenever I ever wanted him to do anything, um, I'd just tell him he couldn't do it. And that means that he usually <laughs> would do it. So, you know, it didn't shock me to see him win at Augusta National, the Masters, this year uh, in April. So do I think he can win again? <clears throat> the players are really, really good, and they're not quite as intimidated as maybe they once were, mm. which was a big advantage for him like it was for Jack. Um, but the only time will tell. I think every year that goes by, the harder it's going to get for him. Never bet against the Tiger kind of thing. Never bet against Tiger. <laughs> if he's in the mood and, and he healthy, he's healthy, yeah, he can he can get it done. I mean, he can win more majors. So switching to Rory and mm-hmm. Brooks, who do you think is going to win more majors? They're on, both on four at the moment. Wow. Uh, you know, I've always loved Rory's game. I remember played with him in Dubai the very first time when he hadn't won yet on the European Tour and played the first two rounds with him, and he went on to win the Dubai Desert Classic that week. So I've been nothing but impressed with the immense amount of talent that, that Rory McIlroy has. Uh, in saying that, what Brooks has accomplished in the last two and a half years, it's hard to bet against him. It's hard to bet against a guy that seems so um, in his element when he has a major championship mm. at hand. So his performance has been second to nothing better than extraordinary. So if I was going to pick one right now, even though as much as I'm a big Rory McIlroy fan, I'd have to say Brooks. So switching to your career, what's outside of the majors, what's the greatest victory you had in your career? You know, I'd say the the one year, you know, I won five times at Pebble Beach at the AT&T. I won the last Crosby in 1985, and then I won four AT&Ts, Pebble Beach Pro-Ams at, at Pebble Beach, which is such an iconic golf course. And I'd say playing with my father uh, as my amateur partner the second time we, we made the cut, and I went on to, to win in, uh, I think it was in 90 or 91, um, Winning the tournament, playing alongside my father, I'd say that was probably Special the greatest. Moment. Yeah, that would have been the greatest moment that I've had in golf. And do you think ball and club technology is too helpful for modern players in terms of tour, in terms of the average golfer? What do you think there? 
No, I think you know my take on it's always been as long as the the equipment and the ball are are legal, you know I really haven't had a problem with it because I understand the athletes are bigger, stronger, faster. The ball goes a long way, and a lot of people have said how oh, that's maybe ruining the game. But uh, my estimation, you know, I mean, power always had a, a little bit of an advantage. Mm. Um, you know, you can't fault the manufacturers for trying to push the limits. And everything in life gets better. Airplanes are better. Uh, media is better. Um, accessibility is better. Mm. And so it doesn't uh, phase me that equipment's gotten better and the golf ball's gotten better. I think the, th the thing that the only way you can really can combat that is not by necessarily always making the courses longer, but making the courses more accountable, make the courses more like Lynx Golf, which we mm. just witnessed in the Open Championship, yeah. where weather and the creativity factor and make players force them to have to have an option to have to think more. Um, strategically wise getting around a golf course as opposed to saying oh we're just going to build a 530 yard par 4 yeah. mean, to me there's no strategy there it's just you know they've, they've almost fed the beast you might say by making these golf courses longer so not just say better. the course design needs to be more yeah. clever yeah I think I think so I, I think so like you know it's kind of interesting to see a, a golf course that has two short par 4s where there are possible driver holes, or you have a hole like number seven at Pebble, you know, like or the postage stamp at Troon, mm. where you know the hole's 95 yards to 118, 20 yards. I mean, mm. you know, but have severity around the green. So if you're not right in distance control or the shot selection that you've picked, you're going to pay a heavy price. Mm. And that doesn't seem to be where they're going. They feel like, hey, we just got to make everything longer, longer, longer. And yeah, you know, yeah, all these kids hit the ball really, really long, but. You know, you got to, if, if they can hit it long and straight, then fine. But if they can hit it long and straight, then there has to be a more of a severe penalty out there. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, name one star golfer that you know about for the future that you think could be the next big thing. Well, there's a couple of them, I think. You know, certainly the, on the American side, you know, this Matt Wolf that just won the second tournament he played in as a PGA Tour player. You make um, that swing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very unique. I talked to Tom Lehman about it. He played with him the third round there in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is these young players are not only talented and capable, um, they're not intimidated. You know, they're, they're, they're not afraid to win. And that Victor Hovland, I, I think he's a class act. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, they've, they've won at every level. They've competed at these levels and, and had great success. So, you know, that's really a good thing to, to set up to make a professional golfer and, and make him a winner. Okay. What's your favorite major and why? I've always felt like, to me, it's unusual. Obviously, I'm American, but I, I would say my favorite um, major championship uh, was the Open Championship because I felt like if I ever had a chance to win one of the four majors, that would be the one because I, I like playing in tough conditions. I like the wind. I like the fact that sometimes you might have to hit a six iron 95 yards, a little knockdown mm. shot. Uh, that's what always intrigued me. And, you know, obviously I was fortunate in April 1998 when I was 41 to, to make a putt on the 18th green to win the Masters. And then later that year, come across the pond and, and win at Birkdale and hoist the Claret Jug. So, you know, I feel like I won the two best major championships, <laughs> even though American and U.S. Open is yes, important. But, to say, yeah. but, you know what, I, I'd still, you know, I'd put the Masters and the, and, and the Open Championship, the Claret Jug, very, very high on my list. Why is that? Because I think the history, certainly the Open Championship, from the history of the game and the fact that it's started over on Lynx Golf and 
you know that 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 claret jug is like one of the most special trophies in golf and mm. you know then the masters just because it's played at the same venue every single year at augusta national and um, the green jacket and you win there you, you're a member for life basically uh, I don't I last year two years ago was my last year of competing last this past year I didn't play I retired so you know I can still go back and I, I just think that because it's the first major of the year people are really really excited and mm. so many European players have had great success at Augusta National and the Masters and you know it's got such an international flavor to mm. it when you look at the, the champions locker room up there and I don't know. It's just to me, just being a, a very, very small part of history and, and being at Augusta National is uh, is a dream come true. Stuff. And uh, what's your favorite golf course and why? Probably oh, just certainly Pebble that, Beach. Probably. You know, yeah, Pebble, <laughs> Pebble Beach for sure. Uh, I won the state amateur. I think it all started back in like '78. I I went up there and I played in the California State Amateur. I came back in 1979 when I was a senior in college and I won the California State Amateur in '79 at Pebble. Yeah. And then, you know, the success of, of winning there five times as a professional golfer, which this year, ironically, Phil Mickelson tied me. He's, mm. he's won five times now, <laughs> so I told him he doesn't need to win anymore. <laughs> tied the old man. So uh, to have that much success around such a, a beautiful place. I mean, to me, I, I've traveled all over the world and played all over the world, more so than most young Americans are of my era. Uh, and that Monterey Peninsula, Pebble Beach, I've yet mm. to find a, really a prettier place. So are there any like new rules that you would slightly alter or change or is there a rule you'd like to introduce or get rid of? You know, uh, the, rules, the rules are always constantly, you know, toing and froing back and forth and, and trying to figure out. You know, my, my real pet peeve in, in golf is that, you know, the pace of play. I mean, the pace of play is, is not good and it has not been good for a long time and it's, to my opinion, has progressively gotten worse. Uh, that's the most annoying thing to be on the golf course. I like to play fast. I wish everybody else would play fast. Um, you know, that, 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 if I could just fix one thing in golf, that would be the thing that I'd, I'd fix. You know, just try your best to improve the pace of play. So do you think people like uh, Brooks Kepka when they come out and, like, call out other yeah, players? Yeah, no, I don't have a problem. Do you, think I, actually, that, you think that's a good thing? I do, I do, I do. I thought when I came and played a lot in Europe, I thought the European tour and the European golfers played faster than the American golfers. Mm. Um, you know, it just seems like people aren't ready when it's their turn to play. My take on it is that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of times, don't want to call out other players or other other whatever tournaments on, on, on this issue. But I think it's a serious issue, and, you know, it's something that, you know, we need to address in a, a, a more of a stringent way. So would you say there needs to be more stringent penalties on them, like enforcing yeah, the... Yeah, I do. You're on I the do. clock. I do, I do. I, I don't see why you walk up on a par four and you're playing in a group, it's you and two other pros or whatever, and you, you look up on the par four and the pin's in the green. Mm. I don't know why somebody needs to come up and tell you you're out of position. That's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I don't think a police officer, when he's going to pull you over, pulls you over and says, hey, listen, um, <laughs> you know, I, you're kind of on my radar, but I'm not yeah. going to give you a ticket, but yeah. I want you to know you're on my radar. I mean, yeah, once in a while you get a warning, but, you know, the severe penalty makes you change your ways and sometimes it's not bad just you know unfairly or fairly you know sometimes because life's unfair um you know you just there's a lot of guys that, that certainly could pick up their pace of play i mean there's no rule that i'm not i'm happy with because it, it the thing is is a lot of times most of us don't really know the rules there's two there's two words like i told mike davis when i was out at the u.s open there's two words that Get, that, that kind of cloudy the water, okay? And what those two words are is interpretation, 
Okay, that's one of them. And intention. Think about it. Interpretation and intention. So what I mean by that is if if you're thinking somebody might be, whatever, anchoring their putter. You, you, it looks like it's anchored. Come up and say to the player, hey, did you anchor? No. I'm not intending to anchor. I'm not intending. Yeah. Okay, walk away. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, and then interpretation. Everybody interprets things differently. So mm -hmm. those two words cloudy the, the water a little bit when it comes to the rules. And so, you know, you might have a rule, but sometimes it's the interpretation part of the rule that gets it, like, confusing. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Whether you drop the ball from your shoulder, your knee, I don't know if that speeds up the game, helps or hurts you. I mean, I, I, I I'm, let's put it this way. Glad I don't have to make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you're either in a hazard or you're not in a hazard. You're either out of bounds or you're not out of bounds. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's confusing. And um, I, I understand why people or why the RNA and why the USGA are, are trying to do their best to try to simplify it but it just seems like it's not always going in the right direction I don't know if that makes sense or not so there we go two-time major winner Mark Amira and he thinks that Kupka will win more majors than Roy McIlroy what do you think Elliot I think Roy McIlroy I think Roy Kepka had his chance this year to win all four and he only won one didn't he oh, I still think Roy as well but that's because I'm a big Roy fan. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, there, I, sorry, Omira was talking about making golf courses a little bit like Adam Scott said, a bit smarter. He's very happy with the technology that's available. So, yeah, there's a lot of chat about that recently, isn't there? Did you yeah. see what Tony Jacklin said last week? Uh, yes, I did. Is that the, the, the thing that you wrote a post about? Yeah. So, if you haven't read it, listeners, Google Tony Jacklin slams modern golf golf monthly or something it's unbelievable what he was saying and i've had a bit of time to think about it and i think it's wrong what he was saying he was basically saying modern day players aren't talented like they were back in the day um i think, golf I think what boring, he's saying yeah no, i think he, i think what he was saying is that I think he was saying is at the moment the golfers aren't tested in the same way that they used to be where they had to shape shots and blah 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 because at the moment, they've got the technology, which means they can just actually overpower the courses. So they're saying that really they need to start thinking about making golf courses where you can't overpower them, or if you do try and overpower them, then there's huge risk um, for that. Um, and I think that's what, yeah, that's what we all want, isn't it? Like we, Eastlake this week was was brilliant. It was, was very testing. It punished you if you were offline. It punished you if you hit the wrong club into the green or hit a bad shot and it rewarded you if you didn't yeah and I think that the, the, the case in point is really holes such as the uh, 13th Augusta I think I did I mention this last week I can't yeah you did yeah where we, we were saying you know um, move the tee instead of moving the tee further and further back just move it left a bit into those trees and you can't cut the corn all of a sudden things like that I think are very easy to suddenly sort out and um, it changes it moves that hole back to how everybody wants it to be played. So um, that's obviously just one particular golf hole, but it's a very famous golf hole that everybody knows. So I've played it as well, bogeyed it. On that subject, um, or it's a very not slightly unrelated subject, I saw some old tennis footage recently, and the rackets that they used to use back in the day, it's just, and now compared to what they are now, probably like carbon fibre and all this. Oh, yeah. But that, that just, technology moves forward, exactly. and I don't think we should ever roll back. I don't think 
rolling back technology is ever the actual... I don't think that's a solution in anything. Because no, would you tell tennis players to, sorry, you've got to go back to using those wooden rackets? No, but they don't. But they use... Um, but then, but they roll back the pressure in the tennis balls. So they were hitting the balls too hard, so they made the balls a bit softer. Right. For example. So they used to be, if you can think of... I don't know why we're suddenly talking about tennis, but you brought it up. But if you thought about how uh, it used to be a very serve-volley game, everyone used to hit big serve and rush up to the net and put away a volley. They don't ever do that anymore because the ball is softer. So there's what that's... Right. But that's a very simple thing. I don't think anyone actually ever worried about that and actually I think yeah for that game that's brought around these amazing players Federer's and Nadal's and Djokovic's and all that and they have amazing rallies and stuff like that whereas let's think of the best shot shapers in the game let's think of Bubba Watson you know that shot he played to win at Augusta when he hooked it out of the trees is will go down as one of the greatest shots ever um, and that's and maybe you want to see a bit more imagination out on the golf course. Yeah, like Tiger Woods this year at Augusta, shaping it right yeah. to left, high to low, left yeah. to right. Exactly. And that makes it much more interesting because otherwise you just are watching driver, wedge, driver, wedge, driver, wedge, and then it's just a putting competition, isn't it? Uh, which is ca- can get a little bit boring, can't it? So, um, yeah, I think Jacqueline had a point. I think he was being very forceful on his point because the golfers can only play what's put in front of them. You know, so I think it's at the powers that be that really need to change it. Um, and there is, well, there's a great golf course being played on this week um, for the Omega European Masters at Kranzusier, which has in Switzerland for the inc- which has incredible mountain views and stuff like that. Um, and there's a good field uh, playing there as well. Uh, Roy McIlroy, fresh off fifteen million dollars, he wants some more money. I think he. Um, how do you think he flew over to Switzerland? Do you think he just went economy? <laughs> yeah, economy and BA. Um, probably, he's probably bought his own plane by now, hasn't he? I think he probably already got one. Um, McCoy's playing, he, uh, as well as Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Wallace, Matt Fitzpatrick and Eddie Pepperell. Last year, Fitzpatrick beat Beogard in a playoff. Fitzpatrick's got a very good record around that course. Um yeah, it should be really good. There's no, there's no PJ Tour on this week, so the eyes of the golfing world will be on Switzerland. Uh, who do you think is going to do well? Scott Hend, two hundred <laughs> to one. You nicked, you nicked Hendo for me. He's got a good record there, hasn't he? He has. He, lo- he missed a tiddler to beat Fitzpatrick a few years ago when I tipped both him and Fitzpatrick. He lost to Norrin in a playoff as well. Yeah, so um, he's a, yeah, a bit unlucky there. Um, he could have had several. You know, very big wins in there. But I'll go for Matt Wallace as my pick. Nice. Back, he's had quite who's a big gonna be, who's break. Gonna, who's going to be on the bag for Matt Wallace? I don't know. That's Obviously split with his caddy, didn't he? Um, we tried to get a word with him about that. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he's got this week. Yep, yeah, I think there's um, yeah, a few... I mean, Sergio Garcia, I saw, was, I think he's got a decent record around there. He's 28-1, to 1, I think. So uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez playing as well. He has got a very good record around there, but he's getting on a bit now, Jimenez. But, uh, Westwood as well, another player quite yeah, fancy there. Really, uh, really decent field. It p- should have a proper proper weekend of golf to watch. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. And we have got this now for a few weeks where the European Tour suddenly... Uh, 
the front and centre of everyone's mind, which is great. Yep, European Open next week with Chauflay, Patrick Reed, Matt Kuchar as well playing, amongst others. Yeah, so it should be really good. Really, really good. So, um, other news. Um, US Solheim Cup team confirmed. Judy Inkster named Stacey Lewis and Morgan Prezel as her wild cards. What do you think of the... You were getting quite excited about the Solheim Cup earlier when I was chatting to you about it. Was I? As much as you can, as much as you do. You're saying, it, wouldn't it be great if that was on the BBC? I know. The amount of, you know. The amount of good women's sport that has been on this year, the Football World Cup, uh, and netball as well. This could could have got so many headlines. I mean, would have had I think a lot of viewers as well. The promotion that the BBC gave the football and the netball. It's just a shame that golf is not getting any of that on the women's game, especially. Um, but yeah, this team looks very weak to me. Uh, really? What the US US team? Yeah. You think they're going to get they're going to get beaten, dear? Well, no, I think Europe's fairly weak as well. Asia is just so dominant in the women's game that the Solheim Cup, I'm, in my opinion, it's just not what it used to be. Crikey, that's very negative. But maybe like Marine, me- I know I'm a golf writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Marina Alex is. Obviously, True. I don't. I mean, I know, do I? I mean, I don't watch the LPGA Tour week in week out like I should. But I don't think a lot of our listeners will know who Marina Alex is. Yeah, there's some big names yeah. missing. Um, and there's some people on there that you, we don't know. Well, we would have definitely known more of. Uh, in like no Paula Crema this year. No Michelle Wee, obviously. No, well, she would have made the team if yeah. she isn't injured, I guess. Christy Kurt, she's not playing. So this is the new generation, I guess. There's probably there's a I, lot. Uh, of I mean, it could it. mean that it's actually a really, really good uh, tournament, couldn't it? It could be very two well ma- well placed and well matched teams, um, and having a really good tournament. And the Solheim Cup does it is exciting. Oh, I'm sure had, it'll be great. We had remember last time uh, with a controversial non-given gimme, um, which fired the Americans up for a huge comeback on the final day. So uh, yeah, it could be it could be a good weekend. I'm being more positive than you, I think. I'm no, yeah, I'm sure it'd be brilliant. But do you remember the last year's Ryder Cup had all ten of the world's top ten male players? I haven't looked at the rankings, but I imagine there's four of the world's top ten playing. But that'd be great. Glen Eagles is a brilliant course. I'll be supporting Europe to win for the first time as you should be since. Well, they've lost the last two, so whenever the one before that was six years ago, maybe. Maybe good, good four years ago, I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, something to look forward to, though, and the teams are also now uh, confirmed. Um, there's the President's Cup as well, not that far away either, is there? With, who's captain in the American team? Is it anyone important? <laughs> Why do you always say this? <laughs> anyone important? I don't know. Who's, who's Tiger, Tiger Woods is captain, isn't it? Tiger versus... and who, Who's captain in the uh, You know who's world? captain... Who is it? Is it Ernie? Yes. I can't wait for that. At Royal Melbourne. Yeah, that's, that, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's not far away. Tiger versus Ernie. Famously in the first ever President's Cup, what happened? You remember? Yeah, it was a tie, wasn't it? So it was tie Ernie and Tiger went to a playoff. If you're, ever, if you're ever bored, check that out on YouTube. That, that, that goes down as one of the best things. That, that made that tournament. It really did. When those two just went, and it got so dark, they just said, "Should we just call it a tie?" And they went, "Yeah, it's been so good." So, um, yeah. Also, yeah. A, couple, a couple of a couple of big events still to to come up, and that's without the. We haven't even had the BMW at, at Wentworth, yeah, have we? No, 
Uh, also last week, Carly Booth won on the LET, her yeah. first win in seven years. Great, great. So congrats to Carly. Yeah, that's fantastic. And another British winner on the, in the world of golf. So that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Oh, right. Also, sorry, um, I saw Fred Couples was five ahead in his hometown event or something similar to that. Sorry, I haven't quite done the research that I should have done. And he lost by six to Brant Job. So uh, quite a big implosion there from Freddie. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's that's bad, isn't it? Yeah. That's a bigger choke than you, usually on the, on the back nine at Westy B. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to move on to the quiz. We're not going to do too many more. I'm going to announce it. Oh. We're not going to do too many more of the quizzes because I keep on losing. We'll have a couple more. Um, listeners, if you enjoy the quiz, please do let us know because the quiz is in danger of um, getting axed. Getting axed. Yeah, I need to. W- I need a win. No pressure. Should we say we need ten comments to keep it or something? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, ten questions. Do play along at home. Ten questions put together by uh, Sam Tremlett. What's the score, Tom, this week? Oh, I don't know. You're winning. You've it's won. twenty-one fourteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, I'm surprised I've won 14. So, here we go. Question one. Roy McIlroy won the Tour Championship and FedEx Cup at Eastlake last week. How many PJ Tour wins does he have in total now? Thankfully, that's something that we've already said. Uh, question two. In what other year did Rory win the FedEx Cup? I'll work this out. I think I know. True or false, Roy has lost every European Tour playoff he's been in. Crikey. Question four. Name the only other European golfer to win the Tour Championship in this decade. Say that again, sorry. I know. Name the only other European golfer to win the Tour Championship this decade. Is that right? I think so. Question five. Justin Thomas started this week leading the tournament on 10 under. And what score did he finish? That. Question six. Eric Van Royen won his first European Tour title at the Scandinavian Invitation. What is his world ranking after the win? The closest wins. I looked at this. I can't remember the exact number. I can remember the exact number. So is it because you've got it written on here? Oh, that is that's disgraceful. <laughs> that is absolute. What? That's my, blatant cheating. It's not my fault. You've written it on the notes in front of me. Anyway, uh, Tom has just turned the sheet over to look at the notes. <laughs> well, you know, got to use what's use your. Advantage. I think I'm going to give myself a point for six, and you need to get across. I think that's a disqualification <laughs> on the six. You can you question. Can, I'll tell you where you can put that. Question seven: Which golfer is currently leading the race to Dubai? Oh, good knows. <laughs> Who's leading the race to Dubai? It's not Kevin Kisner anymore. I've, I've, I've gone completely left field on that. Okay. Question eight. You were signed up, Captain Julie Inks, and named with two wildcard picks for the upcoming event. He's doing it again. <laughs> Name them both. Oh, that's a tricky one. Especially as I just said it. I love the way that I'm actually writing them down as well. Uh, question nine. World number one 
Jin Yong Ko won again this week on the LPGA Tour. How many wins has she had this year? Complete guess. Yeah, we didn't mention that, did we? Uh, that well, was no, we ca- didn't. That was the Canadian Women's Open. Uh, well, so well done to Jin The world Ko. number one. Well done to her. And then question 10. When combining the 15 million bonus and his PJ Tour winnings, how much money did McElroy make per hole this... Right, let's... Right, just bear with me on this. You were you write something else down there, weren't you? You thought you already knew the answer. Or do you know the answer? Let me finish the question. When combining the $15 million bonus and his PJ Tour winnings, how many how much money did McElroy make per hole this season on the PJ Tour? Closest win. Clue is a clue. It's between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Why have you done why have you what is, you've just that, Sam, you should not have given us that clue. I did not need that clue. I remember seeing this graphic on Oh, well, there Sky you go. Sports oh, I didn't need it because I already knew the answer. Okay. Sam, if I lose this question, that's an absolute disgrace. Right, are you ready for the answers? Yes. I can already feel the moans coming from you. Here I'm we go. Sorry, this quiz needs to be axed. You're right. <laughs> this has been a shambles this Wait, week. I think I quite enjoyed it this week. Question one. Uh, Roy McIlroy won the Tour Championship in Fed's Cup at East Lake this week. How many PJ Tour wins does he have in total now? 17. 17. In what other year did Rory win the FedEx Cup? 2016? Yep, 16. Uh, true or false, Rory's lost every European Tour playoff? False. Oh. He beat Graham Storm at last year's South African Open, oh, I think. Tr- yeah. True! Oh. <laughs> true, he's lost three times in a playoff on the European Tour. I swear that was a playoff. Uh-oh. We'll have to check. Yeah, it must have just been like last hole or something. Four. Name the only other European golf to win the Tour Championship in this decade. Stenson. Stenson? Said that at the same time. Jinx. Look, Stenson. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Stenson, isn't it? 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just on start this week, leading the tournament on 10 under, what score did he finish? 13 under? 13 under. 13 under? 13 under. Oh, here we go. Eric Van Rooyen won his first European Tour title at the Scandinavian Invitation. What is his world ranking after the win? Something like 61st? You should not get a correct... I knew it was... That. 61, knew. Yeah. yeah. I thought so. Uh, oh, right, this is, was a guess. I've, uh, yeah. Which golfer is currently leading the race to Dubai? Shane Lowry. Oh, I was going to put Lowry and I didn't. I put Fitzpatrick. Shane Lowry. I was going to put Lowry and I changed my mind. Oh, that could be it. Have you got everything out? No, no, you haven't, have you? Oh, no, still on it. Question eight. Sorry, I stopped talking to myself. Uh, who are the two wildcard picks? Of course, um, Stacey Lewis and Morgan Presnell. Point each. Bit of luck, went that one, isn't it? Right, here we go. Right, this is this is comes down to this. We're all we're level, aren't we? Three, four, five, six, seven. Well, I've got eight. You've got eight, yeah. Yeah, so we've, got, so we've got two left. Let's get the answers because I haven't looked at the answers here. So, question nine World number one, Jin Yong Ko won again this week on the LPGA tour. How many wins has she had this year? What did you say? Four. Well, I said three, so that's going to be close. And then what did you put the last one? So, what com- when combining the $15 million bonus and, the, and his PJ tour winnings, how much money did McElroy make per hole this season on the PJ tour? <laughs> Can I just say, I would have got this answer 
with or without Sam's clue, I just went 17501. I put 17987. So you just went absolutely dead middle. That's. Would you have said that? It, well, yeah, somewhere around 17. Okay. Well, Whereas you probably would have put like five grand or something because you, you didn't see the You don't know what stat. I would have said. You can't say that. You put, put, right, so the answer to question nine was four, so that's probably ruined it. Oh. What about the last? so close. So you've taken the lead on nine and then it's 17,704. So you were 203 away. I was... 283 away so there you go so good justice has been served there, there you go so some moaning horrendous cheating on that not quiz. at all not at all what's you on about you won I'll be glad to Who's the back the of this quiz <laughs> uh, anyway so I lost again it doesn't matter anyway thanks for listening we'll be back next week to look back on the European Masters and also head to the European Open as ever do subscribe to the podcast do check out our social media at Golf Monthly on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Until then, Elliot, I hope you cheer up. Thanks, Tom. Have well, a good then. week. I'm, you didn't let me finish my sentence. It just sounded like I just told you to cheer up. I thought that's what you said. Go well, on, yeah. carry on. I know. And, um, yeah, Elliot's wearing a very good T-shirt today, which I haven't mentioned, which, because it's so hot, but hopefully you'll dress a bit smarter next week as well. But until then, we'll chat to you next week. 